Hello and welcome to the subscriber-exclusive weekly transit talk of astrology and stuff. I'm your hostess and sacred clown, Sampriti. Thank you so much, as always, for being here. Well, welcome to the week of December 25th. Uh, Merry Christmas. Um, If you don't celebrate, you are surrounded by a culture that does celebrate. So to everybody, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Um, This time of year, especially this period of time between Christmas and New Year's is always um, kind of triggering for some, nice for others, unsettling for still more because the world, like the natural world and our bodies are very obviously in hibernation mode, but um, we're also kind of coming off of this barrel to the finish line, not only of the Christmas season, but in the holiday season in general, but also of the year, of the 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 calendar year. So um, if you're tired, if you're over it, um, and still wishing to find gratitude and light, welcome. Absolutely welcome. Well, before we get into the week, um, I wanted to share that my books are opening for January very, very soon, um, definitely by the end of this calendar week. I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, the 26th. Um, they will be open, my availability for natal chart readings, for soulful doula readings, for um, for astrocartography readings. Um, everything will be up and ready to go by uh, the end of this calendar week. And if you're looking to buy gift cards and gift uh, the experience of a session for somebody else, that is also available up at my website, www.astrogeomantica.net. Uh, but let's jump into the week ahead. So today, this evening, um, Eastern Daylight Time, or excuse me, Eastern Standard Time, uh, we have a full moon in Cancer um, at about 7.30 um, Eastern Standard Time in the evening. And this is going to happen at four degrees cancer. The moon is going to be at four degrees cancer. The sun is at four degrees, just at the tail end of four degrees um, Capricorn. And this is, so every winter around the the, the winter solstice, um, we have the Cancerian full moon, the Cancer full moon, just like every year around the summer solstice, we have the Capricorn full moon. Um and these moons are intense in general, whether they're new or especially when they are full, because this, remember this Cancer Capricorn axis is the axis of parentage. It is um, the mom and the dad. Um, it is the matriarch and the patriarch. And as such, it is, these are the signs where we are, we go as far deep down into ourselves as possible, really meaning um, the birth of our emotions. Like Scorpio as a water sign is a deep and intense um, uh, sign because that that water emotional realm is being deepened into the multi-generational um, dimension and realm. But before we even get there, we have to enter 
into the emotional realm, into the realm of water, into the realm of memory, into the realm of, um, of nurturance and nourishment and nurturing. And that is the, the ultimate matriarchal maternal, um, spot. And that happens in the sign of cancer, which rules the fourth house, which is ruled by the moon. And so the, you can understand now that the cancer full moon is a deeply, intensely maternal time. So this is the time of year, and it's kind of in the Northern Hemisphere, it's kind of blissfully deep and dark. It's almost like it's supported by, or this vibe of it, rather, is definitely supported by the increased darkness, by the the bareness of the external world that drives us once again back inside and back down. And we seek comfort. We, we are naturally seeking internal comfort. We're naturally seeking internal nourishment. And the sign of cancer is where we birth that experience of, um, of the emotions. So whenever we come back around to the sign of cancer, um, most commonly with, you know, with the lunar cycle, um, but even so within our own charts, if the, you know, a node is in cancer or during cancer season, when the sun is in cancer, every month when the moon is in cancer, it is this opportunity to revisit the parts of ourselves that um, are ready for a greater experience of the maternal, of the emotional authority. And therefore, especially when it's the moon who is transiting, um, the moon being the, the, the planetary body that is in rulership, most at home uh, in the sign of cancer, this is when we are, everything is centered on our own internally derived experience of emotional authority, where we are, are really most supported in deriving internal satisfaction around our emotions, meaning, um, finding internal authority, not external authority means making sure that we are the ones that are, are mothering ourselves the most, we are the ones that are mothering ourselves first. And so the the thing is, in, in human life, that is often, this is a, a cancer, this is a moon-ruled chart person talking to you. So my rising sign is cancer. The moon rules my chart. Uh, my moon is at my midheaven. I'm a very lunar person, and astrologically. And when I say that, the that life is is rife with opportunities to externalize our emotional power and our emotional authority in order to be knocked back a bit so that we can then correct course and go back inward and find ourselves trustworthy of emotional authority of emotional self authority rather meaning we can trust ourselves to take care of ourselves emotionally. Our life is going to bring us opportunities for that again and again and again and again. And oftentimes that comes with the 
comes on uh, through the the life lesson medium of being disappointed by others, of putting you know think putting your trust and putting your um, your putting into somebody else's hands the trustworthiness of taking care of your emotions. Uh, and then of course, that's not their job, right? Of course, it's, it's, it's their job to be them their best selves and to hold themselves accountable um, in their own relationships, but it's not their job, their primary job to look out for your emotions. It's not that person's primary job to look out for my emotional health. That is my primary job. And so this full moon specifically, um, every year, like the, the cancer full moon, we are, especially if you, you know, you're in the Western culture, you're a listener of mine, you've got family, you're probably celebrating the holidays or being around a lot of family. Um, we're also being triggered by how it's going to be very easy to identify with how that family is disappointing us. <laughs> how we have, especially lately, in the last couple of years, as everybody kind of wakes up to their own needs in order to take care of themselves more wholly and comprehensively, um, we're coming into, we're all coming into a greater awareness and discourse of, you know, human people were doing their best with, you know, what they could in raising us. And as a result, um, you know, we got hurt a lot and that's, that's a normal upbringing. Um, and far be it from me to minimize anybody's trauma, but also we, if you're far along on the healing path, you can kind of come to those points in the path where you're like, well, fuck, if everything is trauma, then what isn't trauma? And then you can start to use a little bit more discernment as far as what, what you're going to be traumatized by, what you're going to continue to be traumatized by and come to that place of like, if, if I don't want to be healing the rest of my life, if I want to be able to move on from this, I've got to put it down at some point. It's not that I'm never going to say that it's not traumatizing. It's just going to be that I'm not going to identify as much with that trauma. And that's, that's a somatic process. That's an emotional process. That's a spiritual process. That's a mental process. It takes all of these levels of ourselves of practice in order to do that. But then it happens, right? Um, you, you enter a season of your life where you're, you get to witness that you're like, Oh, not as traumatized or triggered by that particular relationship as much as I was a couple of years ago. How interesting. And that is, that's one example of how we can, um, we can be the mother, hold the inner child, but also be very, very present to identifying more as the role of authority than as the child, the one who is not in authority, the one who is, you know, cause it's, it's, it's super healthy to identify with our fully with our inner child. When we are a child, it is, it is arrested development when we are identifying with that inner child. And as that inner child, when we are adults, 
when we are raising our own kids, when we are expecting ourselves to enter into long-term relationships and be in long-term relationships with any emotional health, we have to be able to embody the parent in that role. We have to be able to derive internal emotional authority in order to have healthy relationships within ourselves. And then of course, with, with the rest of the world. So that's, that's kind of a a long and the short of how this time, this moon in particular, which happens tonight, um, in which we will be feeling and feeling the effects of, and, you know, gaining the treasure from for the next six months until the, the, um, the next cancer new moon in the summer, uh, or in June or July. Um, this is, this is the height of that specific energy. And this is, um, this is really impacted, uh, by a couple of other elements that are happening, uh, astrologically. One of them is Mercury and Mars, Mercury retrograde, Mars direct coming together. Um, they don't come together until like specifically conjunct, until tomorrow on Wednesday, but they are practically together in, um, in this full moon, uh, Mercury retrograde, 25 degrees, um, retrograde in Sag and Mars direct 23 degrees Sag. And what, what this can, how this can affect the full moon is, is, is it can lend a strengthening, um, energy to that inner child part of us, part of the story, meaning it lends Mars, especially, uh, interacting with, you know, in a fire sign, Sag with Mercury retrograde, i.e. our internal, um, inward, downward, backward information, storytelling, um, information grabbing, um, this is a, a very, very, this is a recipe for, um, all of our past stories that are meant that we are meant to be confronted by within retrograde periods, because again, Mercury retrograde specifically, that's when our, our, the part of us that is receiving information, processing information, communicating information draws inward in order to come into a greater alignment, find what that greater alignment is with the soul in order to then, as it turns direct again, which it will next week, um, in order for it to then express that, um, that come out of the retrograde and actively express that, um, that greater alignment with the soul. But during this time, this day specifically, this week specifically, that part of us is conjunct, the part of us that is the most visceral, the most um, uh, purposefully unconscious, i.e. Mars, um, our sense of self-agency, our sense of vitality, the parts of us that are meant to just do without thinking, you know, because putting thinking into visceral related, you know, 
uh, instinctual action, it gums up the works, right? It slows things down and it can trip us up. It can take us out of flow state, okay? So we've got this, this force of very introspective now um, information superhighway center mercury coming together with our, I don't need to think about this. I just need to trust my instincts. I need to, I need to give in to my impulses of vitality. Um, so it can be a very, it, it can feel this full moon. It can feel very emotionally charged, uh, from that place of the perhaps unhealed inner child. Um, Or it can be the healed inner child, but it can just be very loud right now. And it can be a little bit more effort. You can find that it's taking a little bit more effort, a little bit more, let's find a better word for that, a little bit more um, intentional, uh, intentionality, a little bit more attention, much like, you know, when you're parenting a, a small child and, or just a child, and that child wants your attention And it's going to go a lot easier for you if you put down the judgment of like, why does this child want my attention? They shouldn't want my attention right now. There's, you know, oh, you know, they're just wanting attention. Well, yeah, that's what kids do. They they require attention. (laughs) They require your attention. So it's going to go better for everybody if that parent is able to give that child uh, quality attention. And that doesn't mean, you know, parenting aside, that doesn't mean always like dropping everything that you're doing, um, making sure that you're getting, you know, on their their level and like devoting 1 million percent of your energy to your kid each and every time they want uh, or a kid, they, they, they request your attention. No, 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 no. Sometimes the appropriate attention is, is the, the attention of a boundary, but you're still like, you're still in relationship with that child. You're still acknowledging that child. Sometimes that, that acknowledgement is, um, I'm not available to answer your question right now. Um, I'm going to set the timer and so that you can know when that availability is, you know, you go do this over here and in five minutes I'm setting the timer. We're going to, you know, I'll be here for you with that. And so it's just this, this consistent, like the feeling astrologically of this can be very, this consistent, like mommy, 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 mommy. <laughs> and, and the, the cancer full moon part of it is how do I respond to the demands of being alive and being conscious in a way that is that has centered my own emotional authority. How can I? I'm not going to even reiterate. That's the best way that I can I can describe it right now. Um, how am I going to be the 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 grown up in this situation? And perhaps this situation in in these situations, I want to throw my own fits, and it's going to be very easy for for me to throw my own tantrums. Um, and it's like no right or wrong, but what do I want a bigger experience of? Do I want the experience of the tantrum or do I want the experience of being the grown up? And the second, the, another layer to this, 
this astrology is Saturn. Um, Saturn's in Pisces, um, and it's trining, um, trining the moon and sextiling the sun uh, during this this full moon. And who is Saturn? Saturn's the daddy, and Saturn's the ruler of Capricorn, um, and the sun. You know, it's the other side of this axis. So we're automatically going to look to Saturn during this particular full moon, um, especially to kind of get a vibe on on what else, what other layers are overarching this. And so the Saturn is delivering very supportive energy to the authority, to the embodiment of authority. And so... Yes, we're going to be super conscious of the mommy, 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 mommy of of the inner child, of the parts of us that are aren't necessarily um, here to express control in in the human experience, i.e., Mars. Um, but it's going to give us. We're going to be aware of all of that. But Saturn's placement is going to give us a lot of like spirit-centered, Saturn and Pisces, from the, the perspective, through the filter of spirit and oneness and interconnectedness, um, and like the ultimate authority, Saturn, the embodied authority, is going to help us I, make it a little bit easier, probably a lot more easy, easily to identify as the authority, to identify with that emotion, not only the emotional internal authority, but Capricorn, be able to back that up with actions, to be able to embody that to the outer world. Um, the result, the, the, the resulting character that, that emanates from initial internal emotional self-authority. And that resulting character is one who embodies external authority because um, that character has already done, already knows that, that they can trust themselves, already knows that they've got their back, has the perspective, has that parentage of like, I've got my emotional roots. Now I can, I can be that successful. I've got it together. Um, I'm not a hot mess um, out, I'm not identifying as the hot mess out, out and about because I, I, I've, I've put my internal hot mess in their place, right? They're not driving the bus. They're a passenger on the bus, but they're not driving the bus. Um, and as a result, we all feel safe and stable and secure primarily internally and then secondarily externally. That's cancer. That's Capricorn. Okay, so we're getting a lot of, of help from Saturn and Pisces um, by that. And then this moon is also squaring the nodes, not like by the degree, of course, but by the sign. And so we've got Cancer, Capricorn, Moon, Sun, and then we've got the nodes, North Node and Aries, South Node and Libra. This is a grand cardinal square. And speaking as somebody who has a ton of their, my own chart in the cardinal signs. Um, I've got, I've, I've got you covered. <laughs> There's, there is so much of this energy of like, um, it almost feels like there's a frustration 
um, because you, we unconsciously feel where we're going. We're unconsciously, uh, vibing with the paradigm ahead of us that, that we're all kind of birthing, but our, the, the brain, the mind, the, the day to day is not there yet. Like that kind of consciousness isn't there yet. Um, there is a, an initiator, there is a pioneering aspect. There is a, a always rushing ahead and not rushing in a bad way. Like, no, this is just math. This isn't bad or good. There's no judgment here. There's a consistent leaping forward because Capricorn is that Capricorn begins the winter. Uh, Aries begins the spring. Cancer begins the summer season. And um, Libra begins the autumn. And so there's always this sense of like beginning and it, and it, it requires that energy of beginning, that cardinal energy is a lot of energy. There's just, there's a lot there. It's not necessarily a chill energy because it's not meant to be chill. It's meant to be excited about what's coming. It's meant to be excited about pure potentiality. Um, there's an optimism to cardinal energy that is unquenchable. Like no matter, that's why you know, I often relate resilience to uh, the mutable, mutable signs as a quality. But honestly, I can, I can in a way relate resilience to the cardinal signs. Um, but it's not because they, they have like lived uh, lived the experience and are conscious of their survival of the experience. And they're not necessarily conscious of their resilience. It's just, they have a very short memory. Um, it's that goldfish memory, right? Of like, oh, we get to begin again. We get to begin again. Oh, we're beginning again. Oh my goodness. How great. <laughs> so there is a lot there, there is available to us potentially a lot of that energy. Um, so be conscious about when that level of energy feels like pressure, understand that we, we have, we can allow that pressure to be transmuted into just pure optimism and excitedness. And, and if you feel more pressure, unpleasant pressure right now, then you feel optimism, then you can do a couple of things. You can ground that energy in, um, like very doable, accomplishable, uh, projects, um, have, have a project or a hobby or something that you can initiate and finish within a very short period of time. Maybe it's a puzzle. Maybe it's a Sudoku. Maybe it's uh, yet more baking. Uh, maybe it's a walk. Um, or it's like a very specific walk. Maybe you play a video game, maybe you play, um, you know, um, a, a tabletop game or you go, you take a trip and like a day trip and you begin it, you complete it before the sun sets. And it's this, this sense of like moving and expressing that initiatory energy, that cardinal energy in a way that you can move the energy without attaching too much to it. Because there is there is something about the Cancer Capricorn 
energy specifically that is deeply serious. It's very, because it's the authority, these are, these are the moms and the dads and authority can densify itself into our own human experience as seriousness. And so that's something that um, I'm very thankful for the North Node in Aries uh, because Aries kind of rejects seriousness. And I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of thankful for Mars and, and Mercury and Sag right now for that aspect of it. And then Venus is going to be moving into Sag in a couple of days. And Sag, Sag has the potentiality to be the comedian and to be the, you know, the party, the party guy. Um, so looking to these fire signs to really help, uh, raise the levity, bring some levity into this, this potentially serious, over serious experience of Cancer Capricorn. Um, and then we've got Jupiter. Another aspect for this moon is Jupiter is the, uh, the moon is sextiling Jupiter in, in Taurus and Jupiter's still retrograde. It's actually stationary right now because Jupiter's getting ready to go, um, go direct next week. And, um, or in a couple days really. Uh, and this is really interesting because Jupiter is in Taurus. The moon is in cancer. Uh, each planetary body is in the sign that the opposite planetary planetary body is exalted in. So the moon is exalted in the sign of, of, of Taurus. The moon is at home in the sign of Cancer. It's exalted in the sign of Taurus. And Jupiter is exalted in the sign of Cancer. And um, its, it's domicile is not Taurus, but, but you see where I'm going. So a sextile between these two planets in these or planetary bodies in these particular signs is really fucking cool. It's really like, it's kind of like what I was explaining to a couple of friends this morning. It's like, yeah, I, the human part of me identified very much with the, the, the emotional tornado that I found myself in which I found myself for the past week. But no matter how, how tornado-y, how dizzy, how uncentered I felt, there was always something that knew that it was for the greater good, that knew, like I always had a tether to spirit in a way that I haven't always had. <laughs> you know, I, I have not always been inside, been, been inside of the tornado and had that tethered to spirit that tangibly. And so this Jupiter retrograde and, you know, in Taurus sextiling this moon is very much that it is a grounding element as we do so much work in reparenting, but it's also, I'm going to read my notes here. Um, these are very, very good helpers. Both of our teachers, Jupiter in Taurus and then Saturn in Pisces, they're and they're in really cool trining and sextiling angles, meaning they're both of our teachers are showing up as very yummy helpers, very, very supportive, and they're most, you know, in their yummiest states of support. And specifically Saturn, I'm thinking, is helping mature our relationship with emotional abundance as it 
infinitely relates to material, material abundance by constantly asking, you know, how does spirit view abundance? So Saturn, like the, with, with Jupiter, you know, stationing in Taurus post retrograde or as it's ending out, it's retrograde. Go back to my, my retrograde episodes of astrology and stuff and listen to the significance of this particular time in the retrograde period. It's the most uh, uh, potentially quantum abundant time uh, within any planetary cycle of motion. Um, and so we've got a very, very rich wealth, not necessarily making sense mentally, not necessarily, it's not meant to be logical. It's not meant to be rational. It's meant to be pure potential, just emerging out of chaos, that kind of energy around material and emotional abundance. And Saturn is maturing this relationship that we have to it. And I think a lot of us are ready for that. We're ready to um, walk away from the relationship to abundance that is really just um, good old fashioned capitalism and colonialism and materialism, um, and consumerism dressed up in, you know, semi-spiritual togs. It, I think we're all kind of over that. I think we're all coming in one way or another. We're waking, we're waking up. Saturn's making us wake up to viewing, these concepts and paradigms and structures of our world from the, the uh, perspective of capital S spirit. And that can be a little, um, there's a sense of disillusionment of coming out of illusion and realizing that, oh my goodness, we were totally deluded in that. And there can be anger there, especially with Mars and Sag of like, how dare I get deluded? <laughs> how dare I? How dare they fool me? How dare I allow myself to get fooled? And it's important to, you know, let let the fire be there, but but not judge, um, not not incorporate shame and blame, um, not allow shame and blame to pull focus in this whole situation. Let's let's allow spirit to remain the center of this. Um, and in doing so, we must surrender to, we must, we must allow surrendering to once again, be the action at hand of like, just, you know, letting it be. It's like, oh yeah, I had to think that way or believe that way or behave that way for X amount of time, because that was what was helping me. And that was what was true for me. And, it's triggering the hell out of me right now, but that's not because they're right and I'm wrong or I'm right and they're wrong. There's no separation here. We're all one. Um, I'm triggered because I'm ready for the next thing. I'm ready for the next iteration of this relationship between an, um, a, a human experience that feels abundant and supported and safe and secure and a the highest spiritual um, expression of that, and to. 
be able to have the sustain, you know, have the sustainable, um, be able to sustain a life or a season in which I'm able to do that inside of a culture that does not support that. So this full moon, I think, is just really shoveling out the support for exactly that. Um, And then tomorrow on Wednesday, around 1030 in the morning, Eastern time, the sun trines Jupiter. And um, yeah, the sun trines Jupiter at five degrees. Uh, Sun will be at five degrees Capricorn and Jupiter is going to be five degrees Taurus. And this is another, this is going to be another level of that kind of, um, that, uh, our focus or our, our concentration on truly what is abundance, what is a physical, uh, somatic, real, really lived experience of abundance, bringing that to consciousness, what that truly means. And it's, it's demanding that we hold this concept, this paradigm as loosely as possible so that we can receive as much enlightenment as possible. Cause I don't know about you, but it feels, it's always felt very heavy. You know, it's all, not all, not every single breath of my lifetime, but damn near, right? There's definitely a majority where the idea that the whole uh, axis of lack versus, um, you know, scarcity versus abundance, um, that's, it's life and death, right? It's been, you know, it's survival, it's survival mode. We're talking about survival mode. So that's going to trigger the very, our, our survival mechanisms and hello root chakra. And, um, these are very fundamental, um, parts of the human experience. And that, so that feels very heavy, just, you know, talking about, there's a lot there, the sun, you know, trining this aspect, the, the more loosely, the more playfully, the more curious, curiously, the more peripheral, really, maybe just put it down for a while and allow the sun to fill and enlighten this, um, this space in our lives. Um, that's happening tomorrow. Um, and because the sun is in Capricorn, it's going to be, it's going to be very grounded. You know, you're, you, you're probably going to get, um, kind of, uh, there's a, a bit of a paradox here. The more loosely you can hold this concept, the more grounded you're going to feel, um, you know, within this transit, the, the more grounded experience, the more stable of an experience of abundance, this transit can deliver to us. Um, and then again, a little bit later on Wednesday around seven thirty. Um, in the evening, Mars conjuncts Mercury. Mars does come into that exact conjunction. Mars direct conjuncts Mercury retrograde at 24 degrees Sagittarius. Um, and we spoke about that as it pertains to the full moon. And then we've got uh, this whole situation is squaring. Mars and Mercury is squaring Neptune and Pisces. And consequently, my moon. So again, underlining the whole if it feels like 
the 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 inner child is driving the bus um just pray for guidance <laughs> and i'm speaking i think i'm speaking more of a mother than i am as an astrologer <laughs> or more of a human as i am an astrologer but but honestly it's when we pray for guidance when we seek um from our our helpful authorities um, you know, spiritually, spiritually, ancestrally, maybe, you know, embodied, maybe, you know, when, when, if you have the, the, the beautiful, beautiful gift and luxury of being able to run to a parent and be held by them and gain counsel from them. And if not a parent, then like a grandparent or an elder, um, somebody in authority that you can trust to hold you into guide you back into alignment, um, then, then, uh, invoke their name, (laughs) you know, um, do call on them. If it feels like, uh, in, in like the next 24 to 48 hours, you know, the monkeys are driving the bus. Um, and with that squaring Neptune, it's not going to necessarily feel super direct. It's going to, or clear, there's going to be kind of a, a, a watercolor peripheral, like, damn, I am all over the place today, that, that kind of, um, experience. But again, you know, seek, seek guidance from your elders, um, in body or out, but, and then embody your own elder, embody your own authority when you have the capacity to, and then when you don't have the capacity to surrender, surrender and know that, you know, whether we're conscious of them or not, we're always in the presence of elders. We're always in the presence of those who have been, you know, walking this path longer than we have. Um, those who are uh, closer to spirit than we are able to be in body. And so maybe all of this just for you, it looks like going out in nature. And it's going out and being around the older, more ancient parts of our world than being, than surrounding yourself with the newer, younger parts of our world. And that's a super cryptic Neptunian, um, you know, way of, and poetic way of talking about it. But it's like, maybe put down the digital in favor of the natural for about 24 hours. Um I, I think I'm definitely going to go that that route. <laughs> so, um, and then on Thursday, the 28th, we have Venus sextiling Pluto in Capricorn. Uh, Venus is in Scorpio, going to make a sextile to Pluto in Capricorn at the anoretic de- degree. That's the 29th degree. Um, super duper duper powerful. And this is another transit that does not feel light. It doesn't feel super bubbly and it, it's supposed to feel deep. It's supposed to be underworldy. Um, there might be a greater uh, tangibility or, you know, it's, it's more centered in your experience, um, past traumas, uh, perhaps past sexual traumas, perhaps simply not the, the, the trauma of uh, or any particular um, sexual trauma, 
but in story, but just in general, the trauma of, of being known <laughs> and the trauma, the general trauma that is intimacy. And by, and that's a dramatic word, but it is fucking Pluto. So, um, and you know, Venus and Scorpio. And so we can be dramatic here. Um, it, it, there's a, there's a depth to these two signs that, um, offer forever change. And so at, if you, if that depth is very present for you and that intensity is very present for you on Thursday, um, do, do prioritize comfort, do prioritize lightness. Um, maybe know that you don't have to inject that intensity and that depth into every interaction you have, because this, this is going to pass. This is going to just let it pass through you. And, um, and if you, and if it does feel especially heavy, if it does feel like an especially big wave, then, um, and you feel like you would benefit from assistance, somebody holding your hand, then, then, then you do ask for help. Then you do open up to the people whom you can trust and share like, okay, I know that this does not define me. And I know that this is temporary and I, oh, man, I'm just feeling it right now. Um, can we go for a walk? Can you watch this? Can you watch atonement with me so that we can cry for three hours? Um, can you, can you just listen while, while I talk? Do you have the capacity for that? And, you know, allow people to show up for you, allow your, your resources to show up for you, allow your abundance to show up for you. Um, and then Friday, 29th of December, Venus moves into Sag and she wakes up and it's, it's all better. It's like Miss Piggy, you know, sometimes she's throwing punches and, um, you know, getting all, all martial arts on your ass. And then she just bounces up and, you know, her curls bouncing and her makeup is perfect and she's ready to go to the next thing. (laughs) And that is, that is very much, um, Venus you know, in, in cahoots with Pluto and thank God it's like not a square. It is a sextile between Venus and Pluto. So there is going to be a a bit of a magic element to this, uh, but it's not necessarily not intense. But then when Venus, you know, moves one more degree into Sag, it's like, Oh, I'm all better now. Thank you. And then you like buy that friend a coffee. If the friend, you know, really showed up for you, you buy them a coffee, you buy them a drink, you, um, you take them out somewhere. (laughs) And because your your cup, you're going to have the experience of your cup being a lot more full as Venus moves into Sag. Um, and then Saturday, 30th of December, uh, Jupiter finally stations direct um, at five degrees Taurus. And so we've taken that ride from 15 degrees Taurus all the way back to five degrees. And then for the next couple of months, Jupiter is going to be moving back forward over that, over that, that space of Taurus, you know, approaching uh, Uranus as, as they do so. And, um, we're really going to, in the next couple of months, we're really going to be externally benefiting from all of the internal realignment we have done over the past couple of months, uh, with Jupiter retrograde. And I hope you'll be here with me along for that ride. Um, thank you so much, friends. That is the week, uh, the transit talk and she's, she's busy, isn't she? Um, come back next week. I'll be talking about Mercury going direct. Um, you know, a little bit more about Jupiter going direct. 
We're, we've got a weather eye forward on the upcoming Aquarius season, which includes Pluto moving into Aquarius um, nearly permanently, all but like six weeks uh, later in 2024. But um, we're, we're nearly there. So uh, let's, let's do that hand in hand, shall we? As always, friends, thank you so much for being here.